Well, good evening once again. I'd like to wish all of our mothers a, a, happy, a happy Mother's Day. I'm sorry we're not able to see you in person, but we're glad to be able to come over the uh, internet. But I do hope all of our mothers have had a happy Mother's Day. Looking forward to possibly being back in church physically uh, next weekend, and I hope that to be the case. And we'll continue to pray as uh, the Lord directs the hearts and the minds of those who have been given charge over us, just asking that God would give them wisdom, that they might be able to do what uh, they feel is right, that uh, everybody's health and well-being will be uh, thought of. But again, just looking forward to being back in the Lord's house, that we might worship one with another, and uh, just praying again that God would give wisdom. Uh, uh, concerning all of the things that have befallen us as of late. We're thankful that you're watching this afternoon. Looking forward to open our Bibles here in just a few minutes. We're going to be looking uh, this afternoon at the book of Second Timothy. Of course, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the young pastor. But uh, prior to finding ourselves there, let's take a moment and go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, again this afternoon, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. Father, we thank you that... Uh, we've been given the privilege again to open your word, and I pray that as we do that, that you would speak to our hearts, Lord, that you would give us something to hold on to, something that uh, would be a help to us, something that would be an encouragement to our people. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done for us over the course of this past week and look forward to what you will do in the week to come. Father, I pray for those who will be watching this video at some point, Lord, that you would speak to their hearts, and again, that this would be an encouragement to them. I pray for each one who has a burden upon them, Lord, just asking you that you would meet every need according to your perfect will. And Father, again, we pray for those who are out working even today, and just pray that you would keep them safe, that you would supply their every need, and Lord, that you would just help them as they seek to be a help to others. Again, we pray for the wisdom of those who are in our, our government, those who have to make those decisions that many do not want to have to make. But, Lord, we just pray that, that you would give them wisdom, that you would guide their thoughts, and that you would be a help to them. Father, I pray that you would bless our church, and I pray that you would bless our church family. And, again, we look forward to coming together again. But until that day, just continue to go with us and help us to be the church even outside of the walls of this building. We'll thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. We're looking again at 2 Timothy and chapter number 1. I'm going to read just a few verses this afternoon prior to uh, looking at our message. But the Bible says here in verse number 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing, I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Of course, today is Mother's Day, and uh, we're thinking about mothers. We're thinking about those women that uh, have brought us into this world. And if your mother is anything like mine, you've heard that saying before, I brought you into this world, and I can certainly take you out of it. Now, I don't know if that to be the case, but we are thankful for our mothers, thankful for our grandmothers, thankful for many women uh, that God has allowed to play a part in our lives. 
as I was studying, preparing, and putting things together for this message this afternoon, I was looking and I, I came across a top 10 list or an, a, a list of 10 attributes of a faithful mother. And this was given by Dr. Charles Stanley at the First Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia. Dr. Stanley, again, speaking concerning the 10 attributes of a faithful mother, says a, a, a faithful mother is one that prays and reads God's word. A faithful mother is one who trusts God to meet her every need. A faithful mother is one who is generous. A faithful mother is obedient to God. A faithful mother is forgiving. A faithful mother has an attitude of persistence. A faithful mother is a servant. A faithful mother lives an orderly life. A faithful mother is an encourager. And finally, a faithful mother loves unconditionally. I'm glad this afternoon that I can say God has allowed many faithful mothers to play a role in my life. Of course, there's my mother, and then there's my grandmother. There's my wife, who is the mother of my children. There have been other ladies, other women that I've known throughout my life who have uh, met or not met that role, but have played a part in shaping me, making me who I am. We think about our aunts, and we think about others who uh, we've known throughout the course of our life, and we're thankful that God has placed them there. As we look to the Scriptures, and especially in the Old Testament, uh, we find another list of eight famous Bible mothers. Of course, there's Eve, and the word Eve literally means life-given. She is the mother of all living. She, of course, was the mother of Cain, the mother of Abel, the mother of Seth. She was the woman that uh, would be formed of God, that she might be a help meet for Adam, taken from a rib even from Adam's side. But, uh, but we find, number one, the first mother you find in the Scripture is a woman by the name of Eve. Second, we find another woman by the name of Sarah. Now, of course, we know Sarah to be the wife of Abraham. Sarah, at the good old age of 90 years old, would give birth to a son by the name of Isaac. We find another mother by the name of Rebekah. Of course, she would be the wife chosen for Isaac, who would go on to be the mother of Esau and Jacob. We would then find a mother by the name of Rachel, who would be the mother of Joseph and Benjamin. There is another mother by the name of Jochebed. You may not know that name, but you know this mother very well. For she was the mother of a young child by the name of Moses. And of course we know Moses to be that great deliverer. That one that God would use to deliver the chosen people of Israel out of Egypt and unto the promised land. I like that Jacobet literally means Yahweh is glory. We continue to search our scriptures. We find another mother by the name of Naomi. And that term Naomi literally means pleasant. She would indeed be the mother-in-law of a young lady by the name of Ruth. We continue to read and find a woman by the name of Hannah who would be the mother of Samuel. You find her there in the book of 1 Samuel. And Hannah would be that woman that would pray God would give her a child. And she would take that child and dedicate him in return back unto God. And there we find a Faithful, a, a, a woman who is above measure in our Old Testament scriptures. Of course, no list would be complete without the woman by the name of Mary, the mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All kinds of lists, as I've been again reading and 
studying and looking and trying to find what it means to be a faithful mother, to be a good mother, to be a wonderful mother. I have found list after list after list. As a matter of fact, I wrote down a handful of the list. I found there was one or there was one article labeled seven habits to be a good mom for your little ones. There was another article that was eight ways to be a good mother instead of a perfect one. Then there was 10 ways to be a good enough mom. Then there was 20 simple ways to be a better mom. And then my personal favorite, 20 simple ways to be a much better mom. You take those 20 and you add 20 more and you can be much better than what you would have been just better according to that first list. Now that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but one thing I find is if you'll look at this book right here, and you'll search these scriptures and you'll look at the examples uh, that we find and even those that have been listed this afternoon. You will find what God desires for every woman to be when she has been called to be a mother. I read this quote. This quote says that there is no way to be a perfect mother but a million ways to be a good one. Now of all the mothers I've known, my grandmother and all the rest, I've never known one to be perfect. But I've known some good ones. As a matter of fact, I've known some great ones. My mother was a great mother. My wife is a great mother. I, 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 I spent the past 22 years married to my wife. And I've watched her mother my children. And I've watched what it meant to be sacrificial. I've watched what it meant to, be, uh, to love beyond limits. I've watched what it meant to have an unconditional love. I've watched what it meant to stay up all night that you might be able to care for that little one just to be there simply because you need them there. Stopping your life for a matter of all these years that you might cater to that young child doing everything you can to be the greatest mother influence to them that you possibly can be. There's one more mother in scripture that did not make our top eight list. And yet... She was a great mother indeed. Now, surely she was not perfect, but you're going to find that she sure was a, a mighty good one. In Acts chapter number 16, in verse number 1, the Bible says this, Then came he to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess and believed, but his father was a Greek. The Bible has a lot to say about this young man by the name of Timotheus. We know him today to be that young pastor by the name of Timothy. Timothy was one of Paul's converts. Timothy would be that young man that would accompany the Apostle Paul on his missionary journeys. Timothy was thought to be the pastor there at the church of Ephesus. According to tradition, uh, we learned that Timothy would die a, a martyr's death. We, we know a lot about Timothy. We know that the Apostle Paul would pen two very personal letters to young Timothy, how he ought to uh, administer certain things within the church, how the church ought to be led, how the church ought to be run, how the church ought to be governed. And so we have these two chapters or these two books, these two epistles that have been written to this young man. But there's very little that's been written concerning his mother. Again, if we look at that verse in Acts chapter number 16, the Bible simply says that she was a certain woman, which was a Jewess. There in the book of Acts, we're not given her name. 
all we can tell is this, is that she was a Greek that would take to the Hebrew faith that eventually would be saved. She had a young child who would be named Timothy, who would go on to be a help unto the Apostle Paul. Again, there's very little mentioned of her, and yet when we look at Timothy's life, we see that she played a great influence in that. She was there for Timothy, building him up, training him in the way in which he ought to go, that when the time would come, Timothy would be prepared to go and do the great work that God would call him to do. I've heard my wife say time and time again, I wonder if my own only purpose, I wonder if the only reason God has put me on this earth was to give birth to my children because he's got great plans for them. I believe that to be a mother's heart. I believe that to be something that might go through every mother's mind at some time or another. I don't know what God's purpose is for me. I don't know what God's purpose is for you. But I'm sure that faithful mother has thought from time to time, I wonder if God has only put me here that I might be able to take that next one, that one of another generation and build them up and teach them the scripture and love them unconditionally and instill that faith into them that God might use them in a great way. Again, we look to this woman in 2 Timothy in chapter number 1 and verse number 5 and the Bible says this, Paul writing to young Timothy says, when I call, when I call to remembrance thee, unfeigned faith that is in thee which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice and I am persuaded that in thee also we see according to Paul's writing to young Timothy that that this woman was a woman of faith if you look you'll see that it was a faith remembered Paul says when I call to remembrance this was a faith that stuck out Paul saw something in Timothy not only did he see it in Timothy, he saw it in Timothy's mother, and he saw it in Timothy's grandmother, and it was something that stuck to his mind. It was a faith that was unshakable. It was a faith that could not be forgotten. It reminds me of a lady that was a member of this church. She has passed away since I've been here, but she was a woman of great faith, a wonderful woman, a marvelous woman, the kind of woman you want to be on her prayer list. Why? Because she was faithful. She knew what it meant to, to, to be faithful unto God. She knew what it meant to spend time in God's Word. She knew what it meant to get alone and, and spend time with God. She knew what it meant to get a hold of the throne. She knew what it meant to get a hold the ear of the Almighty. She was a faithful woman, and you cannot forget a faith like that. I believe that's what Paul had in mind as he was penning this letter to young Timothy. I, I, I remember that faith, that when I call to remembrance the faith that is in you, young Timothy, and your mother, and your grandmother, I simply cannot forget it. Not only is it a faith remembered, but the Bible says it is a faith unfeigned. Look again at verse number five. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. Now that word unfeigned literally means non-hypocritical. It means that it is a faith in church just as it is outside of church. Everybody is faithful when they're in God's house. When you come through the door on Sunday morning, you've got your Sunday's best on. You've got your suit and your tie and everything's been pressed just so. You're clean shaven. Your hair's done just right. 
that lady comes in, the children are all in order. She's got her dress on and, and everything's done just the way in which everyone thinks it ought to be. They come in, they sit on the front pew and, and they give and, and everybody thinks them to be such a faithful family, such a faithful couple, a faithful father, a faithful mother, faithful children. But then they go outside of the church house, they find themselves back in what many call the real world on Monday morning. And they're anything but what they were on Sunday morning. But that's not what this young lady was. That's not what Eunice nor Lois would be remembered as. They would be those who have had an unfeigned faith. That's a faith that would not change from one place to another. What you see is what you get. What you see on Sunday morning is what you would see on Monday morning, Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday evening. It is the same from one point unto the next. It is a faith which is unfeigned. It does not change. It is not hypocritical. We see not only is it a faith remembered, a faith unfeigned, but it is a faith that has been passed down. It is a faith that was first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. Now I could speak for myself. I can't speak for my wife. I, I believe I could. I think I could speak for my wife this afternoon and tell you this, that if there's anything that she desires her children to have, it would be her faith. The faith that she has placed in her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If there is anything I believe that Timothy's mother would so have desired that he might take from her, it would be her faith. She could have left him money. She could have left him houses. She could have left him vehicles. I mean, she could have left him anything in which the world has to offer. But if she had not left him a faith, if there was not a faith passed down from that one generation unto the next, she would have offered him nothing that would last for all of eternity. And so we have a faith passed down, but not only is it a faith passed down, but you'll find that it was a faith received. Again, we look at verse number five. And Paul says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. It is a faith that was received. Now again, Eunice could have offered that faith to Timothy. Eunice could have brought Timothy to church every Sunday morning. And you know I'm speaking allegorical at this point. Let's just say we're in 2020 and we've got uh, this lady by the name of Eunice and a, a son by the name of Timothy. Eunice could have brought Timothy to Spring Street Baptist Church every Sunday morning. They could have come and sit in the very front row. They could have paid their tithes. Eunice could have taught the lady Sunday school class. She could have had Timothy come up through the Sunday school classes, through the teen group, through the, uh, the, the Bible clubs and all the rest. She could have made a profession of faith, accepted Jesus Christ to be her Savior, and been the most faithful member Spring Street Baptist Church had ever known. And she could have done everything within her power that, that she might take that faith and give it to her young son. But if her son would not receive that faith, if he would not receive it for himself, it would profit him absolutely nothing. That's one thing we find about the Word of God. We think about salvation. We think about the gift of God that has been offered to each and every one of us. 
It is a gift that has been offered to whosoever will, but whosoever must receive of that gift. You think of that gift, you always think there's, there's a giver, but there's also a receiver. I could offer you a gift, but if you won't take it, it does no good. I, I cannot help but to remember, and I've heard this illustration, I cannot remember who I, I heard tell it, but there was a, a man who had committed murder. And this man went to prison. And there was a president that uh, caught the, the story of this man caught the president's ear. And for whatever reason, I don't know exactly what the circumstances were, but it was begged of the president that this man be released from prison. That he be pardoned, that his crime be forgiven. And so the president heard the story and he weighed out the circumstances. He understood exactly what took place and, and he decided that he would acquit that man, that he would pardon that man of that crime in which he had committed. And so the pardon was signed, it was sealed, it was delivered. And the warden of that prison went to that man and said, you are free to go. The prisoner said, I, I, I don't want to go. I'm not going to go. I'm guilty of the crime in which I've committed. And I don't believe it right that I be pardoned from that crime. Well, this is something that had never happened before. So the warden sent back word, said, what do we do? The pardon has been offered, but it has not been received. Well, there's only one thing you can do. The gift has been offered, but he would not take, so let him die in prison. That's the same, that's the same thing we look here when we think about Eunice and young Timothy. She could have offered him that faith, but if he would not have received it unto himself, it would have done him no good. Jesus Christ has offered us salvation, but if we will not receive it, it does us no benefit whatsoever. Not only do we find that this woman was a woman of faith, but if you look in 2 Timothy in chapter number 3, verses 14 through 17, you'll find that what made this woman a godly woman is that she was a woman of the Scriptures. Look at the Bible, and the Bible says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child. Thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, throughly furnished unto all good works. We find here that indeed Eunice was a woman who was grounded faithful unto the Scriptures. You'll look, you'll see uh, here in these verses uh, that she would be one that would share the Scripture. The Bible says, from a child, thou hast known the Holy Scripture. Now, when you look at the Holy Scripture here, you must think of the Old Testament. At this point, the New Testament is in the process of being written. And so Paul pins to Timothy that even as a child, you have heard the reading, the teaching of the Holy Scripture. You know the Old Testament. You know the stories. You know that God created the heaven and the earth. You know that God created man and that man sinned against God. You know that there is a curse that has been placed upon man. You know about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. You know the story of Joseph. You know the slavery that the children of Israel would know for those 400 years. You know about Moses and Joshua. 
You know about the walls of Jericho. You know about the judges. You know about the kings and all the rest. Timothy, you grew up in, in, in a privileged household because you had a mother. You had a woman who was a, a faithful woman of God that would sit you on her knee and teach you the word of God. She was a woman of the scripture, sharing the scripture with her young son. But you continue to look here and you'll find a source of the sharing. Knowing of whom thou hast learned him. Of whom thou hast learned him. Whom did Timothy learn those from? Of course, at this point, he has learned some from the Apostle Paul. He has been under the wing, if you will, of the Apostle Paul for some time. But look even beyond that to your mother. Look back to your grandmother. Those women that have ingrained these things into your mind. We continue to look and find a standing of the scripture. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. Timothy, those things that your mother has taught you. Those things that your grandmother has taught you. Continue in those things. Stand upon those things. Those great truths, they did not tell you all of these things that you might simply hear the stories and continue on with your life in any so matter. No, they told you these things that you might have wisdom to live a life that brings honor and glory unto Almighty God. We continue to read and we find that there is salvation in those scriptures. The Bible says those which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Again, Paul is writing of the Old Testament. At that point, Jesus Christ has not yet taken a body of flesh. At that point, Jesus Christ is still seated at the right hand of God. At that point, there was no New Testament. At that point, according to the Old Testament, Mary... And the virgin birth was a prophecy that had not yet been fulfilled. And yet Paul says, even still, there is enough there pointing unto Christ to lead to salvation. You look back and you will find throughout the scripture, Jesus Christ is seen from one end unto the other. You see him there in the Garden of Eden, breathing the breath of life into Adam. You find Jesus Christ there sitting upon that horse when Joshua is getting ready to enter into the promised land. You find him all over. You find him in the tabernacle. You find him in the temple. You find him throughout the prophet's writing. You cannot get away from the Lord Jesus Christ. He is not presented the way he is today as we look back unto a work that has already been accomplished. But he is presented as the Christ. He is presented as the Messiah, the Savior that would come and wash away all the sin of all the world. Romans chapter number 10 and verse number 17, Paul says this, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It was the faith that was instilled to young Timothy. Why? Because he heard the reading of God's word again and again of his mother. We continue to read and we find here the source of the scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. You see that in verse number 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now Paul is giving us some great truth here. He's offering this to Timothy. He's offering it to you and I today. There have been those time and time again. Are you absolutely certain that the Bible is God's word? I'm absolutely certain. Every word from the in the beginning to the even so come quickly, Lord Jesus at the end. Every word is inspired of Almighty God. 
God took uh, holy men with according to the Holy Spirit of God whisper into their ear that they might be able to pen the book that I have in my hand. And I am absolutely certain I will go down to my grave believing that this is God's inspired word. God breathed everything given unto us that we need to live the life that he has given us here on earth. Somebody said that the Bible is a basic instruction before leaving earth. And I believe that to be true. Why? Because this is the inspired word of God. We continue and we find the strength of the scriptures. Paul says in verse number 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. What is doctrine? Doctrine is simply that that we stand on. It is Bible precepts. It is what we truly believe. Doctrine is why we believe that God has created one man for one woman, that they might come together and become one flesh and spend the rest of their lives one with another. Doctrine is why we believe it is wrong to take another human life. Doctrine is why I believe today that I must accept the Lord Jesus Christ to be my Savior if I'm going to enter into God's heaven. Doctrine is why I truly believe, according to what Jesus Christ told Nicodemus, I must be born again. But doctrine is the basic Bible precept. It is the great truth that we find throughout the Scripture. The Bible says it is profitable for doctrine, but also for reproof. Now, what is reproof? Reproof is conviction teaching us that within our own selves, we are not good. It is good to make us realize the, the law has been given, the book has been given, the scripture has been given to show us, to teach us that we fall short. And as you read this book, especially as a lost man, you read this book and you begin to hear the preaching, the teaching, the gospel offered according to God's word, it is designed in such a way that it is good, it is profitable for reproof, for conviction, to make you realize that you are a sinner that stands in need of a Savior. It is profitable, the Bible says, for correction, restoration unto righteousness. That correct, You think about that mother. You think about that mother that loves that child. And that child has done something wrong, or that child is in the process of doing something wrong. That child is doing something that is not good for them and it is going to leave to a bad ending. What does that mother do? That mother corrects that child. That's what the Word of God does for you and I. When I begin to read and study that Word and, and it begins to speak to my heart and it begins to step on my toes, Scripture is good for that. I remember going to church when I first got saved. And I kid you not, and I've heard this from other people since then, but it seemed like as a young Christian, it seemed like every time I went to church, that preacher was preaching directly to me. It seemed that he had been following me or either was talking to my wife Saturday night before I'd go to church Sunday morning and find out every sin I had committed that week. I mean, it just seems like every Sunday morning, he could have looked right there in that pew and said, everybody else go home. This message is just for that young man sitting right there. That is what I felt like. Why? Because all scripture is good for correction. It is good for restoration to make you realize that you are wrong and that you need to get right. And all, in, all scripture is good, the Bible says, for instruction. That simply means teaching. Where do we learn? We, of course, we learn 
at the schoolhouse. We send our children to school that they might learn, that they might gain an education, and those are good things. They need a good education, but what our children need is a good education from the Word of God. What our, our, our young people need, what our middle-aged people, what everybody needs is instruction that can only be found according to God's Word. Finally, we see the substance of the Scripture, that the man of God may be perfect. Now, that does not mean that you and I will ever be perfect. That does not mean that we can merit perfection. That does not mean that if we continue to try and we get better and better and better, finally we will be perfect. Finally we will be as God is. But what that simply means is this, as we continue to live the life that God has called us into, as we continue to live it according to that word right there, the better we're going to get. And that word perfect literally means to be complete. It doesn't mean that we will be without sin. The Bible is very sure to tell even the Christian, even the one who has been born again, that there is sin indeed uh, that will come upon them. Not one of us will be found perfect this side of heaven. But as we continue to read and study and live our life according to the word that God has given unto us, the Bible says that that man of God may be perfect. And there is come a time that once this life comes to an end, where either the Lord Jesus Christ comes to receive his church and calls us in into heaven that we might be with him now then things will be entirely different than they are now but what paul is saying is this paul is saying timothy in these couple of verses if you'll look and read he's saying timothy you were given a good mother a very faithful mother and that was a mother who was uh, had a unfeigned faith that faith that's without hypocrisy she offered it to you and you received it and Timothy, you had a mother that brought you up in fear and admonition of the Lord. You had a, a mother that would train you up in the way in which you ought to go. You had a mother that would take time to share with you from the Word of God. And Timothy, your faith, the man you are today, stands a great deal according to the woman that brought you up. And I think about our mothers. And I think about how wonderful it is to have a good and godly mother. If you have a godly mother, call her and tell her thank you for simply being a godly mother. If you had a mother that took you to church on Sunday morning, you call that mother and you thank her for being the mother that she was. If you had a mother that loved you unconditionally, you had a mother that was there uh, to turn an ear to you. If you have a mother that, uh, that, that loves you no matter what you did, what a blessing that has been. I, I'm so thankful for the mothers God's placed in my life. I'd like to wish them a happy Mother's Day. I'd like to wish all of our mothers who are watching today who might see this video at some other point in time a happy Mother's Day. And we'd like to wish you that from Spring Street Baptist Church. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you for your grace. And again, we thank you for our mothers. Lord, we thank you that you have given them that they might come, made them in such a way, God, that they might love us. Lord, that they might lead us, that they might teach us. Lord, no matter what may come our way, it's always good to know that there was that one there uh, who would turn a listening ear, a non-judgmental ear, one who would just hear and one who would respond, one who would wipe away all of the tears. Father, for that we truly are thankful. Lord, I thank you for the gift of salvation found in your Son, Jesus Christ. And I pray if there's one that... Uh, has not trusted him to be their savior lord that you would speak to their heart that today would be the day that they would put their faith in him father we thank you for this church and lord again we just look forward to being able to get back and meet once again here that there might be a sense of normalcy that we might have our people to come together that we might be able to experience that fellowship but until then lord i pray that you would just allow us to do what we can and lord that you would go with us in it and help us to be an encouragement to others in jesus name Amen.